0: Hey and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I'm Jonathan Gilner, and today we're discussing leadership. We're going to start by talking with Diamond Hall about why leadership is such a vital part of player development. After Coach Hall and I's discussion I'll give you some practical ways to grow leaders in your program. So to start here is Diamond Hall. Coach Hall thank you for joining us on Ahead of the Curve today. Appreciate you having me Jonathan. How are you doing today man? fantastic. Never been better in my entire life. I love what I do, and I love that I get to uh, have you on the podcast today. How how are you, though? That's the question. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm really good. So Today's topic is, and it's a little bit broad, but I know that you're the man for the job, and I know that you're up for it because this is what you talk about constantly on your social media platforms, but we're going to talk about leadership. Now, the first question I want to ask you is, what is leadership to you? I think leadership to me is being able to Lead
1: yourself in the way that you want everybody else to kind of, to kind of follow. Not, not necessarily meaning, you know, I'm doing these things in order for other people to follow, but to lead yourself in a way that you would want, um, your kids to lead when they get older or that you've learned, uh, a a way that you've learned to lead from, from people that you look up to, uh, and that you've looked up to throughout the course of
0: your life. I love that answer and, we're going to spend a bulk of the conversation today about how to train leaders and how to train le- leadership, because that's something that transcends our field of baseball. So it's something that, that if we train a bunch of leaders, that they're going to be leaders in their homes, they're going to be leaders in their jobs, and they're going to be leaders in whatever endeavor that they decide to get into. But in your own words, why do you think that leadership training is important?
1: I think, uh, I think leadership training is important because especially with, especially with baseball guys, especially with baseball players, because you're going to need these leadership skills once you get into the real world, mm-hmm. once your baseball career is over. And for everybody, regardless of whether you play, uh, whether your career ends at college, whether your career ends after pro ball, you're going to end up not playing baseball at some point in time in your life. And you're going to need the leadership skills in order to succeed at whatever it is that you want to do after that.
0: No, definitely. And, and again, we were speaking off the mic just a little while ago about why this is so important to me. And it's because, you know, I, I had a great parents growing up. And they did an awesome job of raising me to and teaching me the different things that I needed to do. But the biggest impact I think I had were my coaches. Mm-hmm. and them being able <clears throat> to show me what a what a true leader looked like on and off the field. And now what I'm getting into now is my wife and I are about to have a little boy in September. And so I get to I Congratulations. guess. Thank you. I guess I get to practice <laughs> what I preach a little bit. But I, so did you have a did you have a uh, a moment like that growing up to where you had a huge influence on your coaches as well? And that's really why you got into it.
1: Uh, You know, throughout throughout my whole life, I've always kind of been. A, na- a natural leader, shall I would say, and, and a lot of my, a lot of my coaches, a lot of my um, teachers, even, and of course, my, my mom, you know, they always noticed this thing. And, and I, I guess I didn't, I never, I never realized it until I got to, you know, the later years of high school to where I started realizing, you know, how many people would, would kind of do the same things that I do, even if I wanted them to or not. Like once I came across, to be honest with you, the first, the first leadership book that I read was 360 degree leader. I read that in my senior year in high school, the first book that I read that wasn't on the middle side of the game. And, you know, it it kind of overlaps. But after I read this book, I realized that leadership is one of the most important skills that every single baseball player, every single baseball coach, every single football player, every single football coach, everybody across the board, they should be developing their leadership skills because you need them in every facet of life, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And it leads me to my next question and and where, again, I think the bulk of our conversation is going to go. But what are some practical ways that we can teach leadership and grow the leaders in our programs? Leadership development on a
1: weekly basis. I mean, I would prefer it on a day to day basis. And a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches I've come across. That, that I've had this conversation with, they usually they usually say something along the lines of, well, it's just so hard to fit in the schedule. It's just so hard to fit in the schedule. Well, you have to, if you want your guys to develop as leaders, you're going to have to invest and be able to fit it into the schedule to where they can develop as leaders and the leaders that you want them to turn into.
0: No, absolutely. And so how does uh, Diamond Hall, Coach Hall, do that himself? So what would, give us an, a weekly example or or like you mentioned, you said that that daily would be even better. So how would you or how do you uh, do that
1: yourself on an individual basis? You got to be able to invest on an individual basis and it may not be you sitting down in the classroom and, and going through the actual actual leadership book. It may you it may be you giving giving advice, based off of situations that you see your your team and your players coming across on a daily basis. And you just picking, the, you know, taking a guy aside and being like, hey, this is a situation where you want to do this, this and this, because later in life, you know, this is going to happen. So really investing in, in giving them everything that you have based off of your experiences, because those are the moments that those guys are going to remember for the rest of their lives. And those are the things that they're going to remember and
0: actually apply. Definitely. And, and something that that I am very passionate about and something that I think we we all can do, and that's just whenever we're playing catch. So whenever we're playing catch, I try and pick out a couple of kids just to go up to and just say, hey, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. How, how's, how are your parents? Or if I don't know the kid, I'm like, so how many siblings do you have? Tell me about right. the best vacation that you've ever been on. And so like exactly. you mentioned, on an individual basis, being able to – Being able to connect with them first. And I don't know if, if this is, this is something that you do. I'm, I'm, I I think I do know the answer to this question, but something that I try and live out every single day is I want to be a model for them to see rather than giving them a motto Mm. to say. So, so rather than Mm. throwing, you know, the quotes on the practice plan, I want to give them, (laughs) you know, and, and to hold myself accountable to being able to be the leader that I want them to follow. I think you're 100
1: percent right, because in order to lead, in order to be a leader, in order to be an effective leader, you have to lead yourself first. You can't lead anybody else until you lead yourself first. One thing that I know from experience that happens from being a player and being in the player's shoes, you know, just a few years ago, your team is going to do 100 percent of what you do. They're going to they're going to they're going to reflect the same actions that you show on a daily basis and they're going to do half of what you say period in the story you can tell them everything that you think they should be doing but then if you turn around and do the opposite they're going to see that and do that instead mm-hmm. and it may be consciously or maybe subconscious most of the time it's subconscious when you think about a coach it's like the the coach is the head of the pack and he's the he's he's like the the head of the family so to say so if you look at it this way if you look at the at a program as The coach being the head of the family and the team being the, the children, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the assistant coaches being the, the uncles, right? (laughs) Sure. The, the, the players, they're going to do what the, what the head of the pack says. I mean, what it, what he does, not Mm -hmm. what he says. And I see a lot of coaches, you know, saying, you know, all these awesome quotes, all these awesome quotes, doing these exactly what you just said, putting the quote on the, On the, on the practice plan. And then they turn around and do the complete opposite of what they just said. And now what we have to realize as coaches is that the players see that Mm -hmm. and they're going to say something about it amongst themselves. You may think as a coach, hopefully they didn't notice that, but they did. Players are very, very observant. I know every team I've been on, all of the, all of our guys have always been been observant of our coach because that's the guy who you who you go to for answers at the end of the day that's the guy you go to for advice so if you're if you're down at the third baseline or if you're in the if you're in the first baseline if you're in the first base coach's box and you completely lose it after a guy strikes out or after a guy takes a pitch right down the middle and you show it through your body language and your actions then that's completely contradicting yourself if you're if you're constantly telling these guys hey i want you to control your emotions i want you to control your emotions but if you can't control your own emotions as a coach then how do you expect everybody else to be able to do it especially if you're the leader of the pack especially if you're the head coach mm-hmm. i think you're exactly right when you say you know you have to be able to lead yourself first and then everybody else is going to follow and and when it comes to controlling your own emotions you know i kind of think of it of it like a an ekg you know the flat line thing when you for your heartbeat Mm -hmm. when you when you think about that that's what i've always that's what i've always tried to implement for myself like always stay level Mm -hmm. regardless of the situation always stay level because the best coaches the best players they're incredible at doing that when you look at like phil jackson when you look at you know greg popovich when you look at um, um joe madden and you see him on tv Like these guys are always it just seems like a flat line. They're always level. They never lose their lose control of their emotions. They're always level. And and you see most of their players are really good at doing that, too. And that may be something that they teach. Or not. But even if it's something that they don't teach, their players are still following suit to them because that's their leader. When you think about like Michael Jordan, so to say, or Kobe Bryant, and they talk about Phil Jackson, all he was the Zen master, this, Zen master that, because he practiced what he preached. Right. He was telling these guys to always stay calm in high pressure situations, and then he would stay calm in high pressure situations. He was telling these guys to always focus on their breathing to make sure they're, you know, doing this, that, and the other thing, and he would do those same things. And they noticed that, and that's why they bought in. And they give him credit, a lot of credit for their success that they had in their careers because they were able to mix that killer mentality with those leadership skills and those mental skills that, you know, Phil Jackson put on the table for him mm-hmm. and that he also practiced. So I think you're completely right.
0: No, definitely. And, and a couple of other coaches that really come to mind. And again, this is your personality, my personality, everybody's going to be a little bit different, but John Wooden comes to mind. I mean, mm. he's, he's another good one. Bill Belichick. Absolutely. Uh, he's Absolutely. another good one. And so a book that I read yes. a couple of weeks ago called The Culture Code has an entire chapter dedicated to Greg Popovich. Unbelievable. Daniel Coyle. Man, Daniel I'll Coyle. Love, love that book. But that, that chapter specifically, and one phrase really stood out to me, and that's Pop will tell you the truth, but he will love you to death. Like he will tell you <laughs> some of the things that you don't like to hear but he will also love you to death. What do you think about that? That's that's what you call
1: being a, and, and Deggs talks about this a lot, being a transformational coach mm-hmm. because it's relationship-based and it's it's more so of mentoring. And when you talk about being able to be honest with the guy and tell him something that he may not want to hear, but it's going to help him in the long run, that's what you call true investment. That's, that's truly investing in the guy as opposed to being the guy the coach who just, oh yeah, he's doing this wrong. I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want to have a conversation. No, sometimes you have to have sometimes you have to have to be able to disagree in order to to grow, in order to get to the next level, in order to get to where you're trying to get to, in order to reach the goals that you want to reach. So I think that's I think that whole book is unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. I read I read that twice. I, I love it.
0: No, that's very good. Now, another question that we get a lot, and that is. Vocal leadership versus leading by example. Now, mm-hmm. is there a difference? Is there a better one? Is it depend on personality? What's your take on that?
1: I think it depends, and you're probably not going to like this answer. But I think it depends <laughs> on on your group of guys. Like everything should be individualized, and most of the time you're going to have a little bit of both. I mean, I can think of our team right now. We got some vocal leaders, and we got some guys who don't say a thing, but they lead by example. And then you got guys who bring. You know, the constant energy to the table. And then you have guys who, who make sure everybody's on the same page. And then you got, you got guys who are, who are logic based and who are, who base their leadership skills based off of the most logical, logical reasoning. And then you got the guy who, um, who's really optimistic about the team goals and where they can get and the big picture guy, right? I mean, there, there are so many different types of leaders, but as a coach, you have to be able to know what leadership category they fall into and then how to get them to work with the guy who's the complete opposite, you know, end of the spectrum leader. So getting that vocal guy to be able to work together with the the guy who doesn't say anything, but he's a leader by example. And usually that's pretty easy, but I think that every guy is different and every team is different. You just have to know your guys. You have to be a conscious
0: coach. No, definitely. Well, you mentioned a couple of resources earlier. We've we've talked about the culture code a little bit, and you mentioned that 360 leader is one of your favorite books of all time, or one of the Ish. first ones that you that you really dug into. But what are yep. some other resources that for the coaches listening out there that want to grow more as a leader? What should they be reading? And uh, give us maybe a little bit about each. There's a book called Talk
1: Like TED. Now, this this book you got you got kind of bear with me here. It's about um if you you've heard of TED Talks, right? Absolutely. Love them. So it's it's really about the the way they the way they speak and how they use, you know, their body language in order to get guys enticed. And I think this is something that coaches should all start to develop is their 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 speaking development. That way they can become better speakers and get their guys to to listen to them every time they speak, mm-hmm. because that's what you want at the end of the day. You don't want to be a coach who's, you know, who, who knows you're giving the right information to your whole team, but you see guys kind of like falling off, drifting away, not listening, not paying attention. You have to make sure you're already, you're always on your toes with your message. That way they take it in. And that book really gives a lot of, a lot of different keys and tools on, on how to become a better speaker. And then you got the leadership, the leadership phrase book. I uh, forget who that's by. And it gives you Um, a lot of different situations and scenarios that you'll come across as a leader. And then, you know, different answers for those, for those scenarios and situations and different ways to handle an issue. And it has like a, it has like a scale for each, for each scenario. So at the bottom, you got like the hard no scale, like the upfront answer. I don't care about your feelings kind of answer. And then at the top, you have the most kind of uh, passive answer sort of say and you want to find yourself somewhere in the middle to where you're uh, you're assertive but not too aggressive to where you're assertive but not too passive it's a really it's a really interesting book the 7 habits of highly effective leaders
0: mm, that's a good one
1: the highly effective people talent is never enough that's john c maxwell again okay another one is jeff jansen's the team caps the team captains leadership manual okay that's a really really good one. And that's kind of like a, a workbook that you'll be able to take your players through. I think it's a a 10 week program. And then obviously all the mental game books, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you every, every mental game book you can get your hands on because, you know, my personal belief is that that falls into leadership. If you're not, if you're not developing your mental skills, then then you're not developing
0: as a leader. I love that. And going off of those books now, do you guys teach a, a leadership in a classroom setting?
1: So our head coach is really good with um with this kind of stuff. And I think this falls into leadership. So a few weeks ago, he had our team come in and he put a few things on the whiteboard or the topic was on after they leave college and how to get out of debt. You know, a lot of things with money and how to handle your money, things you're not really taught in college, things Mm -hmm. you're not really taught in high school at all. Mm -hmm. So my personal belief is that that falls under the leadership category. It's teaching, teaching the more you can teach life skills, the more, te- the more you are. That's, I mean, that's leadership development at the end of the
0: day. Oh, definitely. Like you said, if you can't lead yourself, then you can't lead anybody else. So Diamond, I, I appreciate you coming on and where can our listeners find you in case they want to get in contact with you and, and really pick your brain about either the mental game, the leadership side, or just anything else in general? My
1: Twitter, my Instagram, Snapchat. Facebook, everything is Diamond Hall across the board. D I A M Y N H A L L. That makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm this summer. I'm doing um, I'm doing a lot of speaking engagements. So if you want to want me, if you want me to come speak to your team, just reach out to me. Um, if you want to do a coaching staffs workshop, reach out to me. And that's whether it's on you know leadership development or the mental side of the game.
0: Man, talk about a guy who gets you fired up. So thank you, Coach Hall, for joining us and talking some leadership. For the next part, I plan on giving you some practical ways to introduce and teach leadership in your programs. Now, again, with all the mini clinics, I'm going to throw out a ton of info, a ton of stuff that I've written down that I thought was cool. So pick and choose what works for you in your program. The first one I want to mention, and he's a friend of the podcast, and that's Two Words. So twowords.tv with Stephen Mackey. And they do an absolutely fantastic job of taking out literally every excuse in the book of not doing leadership training. So with two words, and this isn't something that we use, but it's something that I hope to use in the future, he did come and speak to our kids. And so I'm so thankful for Mackie coming and talking to our kids. Our kids have loved it. And we're trying to talk our administration into getting their program. But they start off with two words for the week. Two words. Two words. And so it's simple, it's concise, and it's practical and inf- for information for the kids to use. So, you've got your two words and he introduces it through his video program and a couple of practical ways that people use it is they'll set it up on Google Classroom and have the kids do it as homework. So, let's say for instance, two words of the week being accountable. So you tell them being accountable is our two words for the week. I want you to go home and I want you to think about what being accountable means to you. Or you could say something like, give me some examples of teammates that were being accountable during the week and give me some examples of what they did. So you do that and that's an easy way to do that. I mean, it, again, their program is awesome. It takes a lot out a lot of excuses. There's a, a coach Login. There's a parent login. There's an administrator login. There's a team captain's login. So they all have slightly different content. Really, really good job by by Stephen Mackey and and the Two Words team. They do a fantastic job. And if you're not following them on social media, I encourage you guys to go do so. Another easy one is putting a quote of the day on your practice plans. Now I know this is probably what a lot of you do anyways, but it's something that's simple, but it's something that. I did whenever I, again I was a head JV coach, and so I put the quote of the day, and then for about the first year I didn't really even talk about it, and then the second year I would send it out throughout a text of what the practice plan was, told them to know what the know, know what the quote of the day was, so whenever I asked them, you know what does this mean to you? How is this pertinent to what we're doing today or this week? Then they would have some accountability to have that because it, it is kind of tough if you've got a long quote of the day on there and then you're having to memorize it right before practice and when they post it and they see it for two seconds and they go, they're gone, that's tough. But if you send it out early enough and it's something that's meaningful to you, it's just an easy way of hearing different perspectives from different people, but also hearing a different perspective from how the kids are perceiving that information and how it relates to them. So Again, that's another way, another easy way to, to teach some leadership, throw out, throw out some John Maxwell quotes uh, and things like that. But another one that we really liked at Union, and that was Game Changer. It's not like the program that you run scores through. It was a character development program called Game Changer. And essentially, you want your kids to be game changers. And so we would come up with about 12 to 14 words for the year because there was about 12 to 14 weeks of the year. So what would happen is we would introduce our word. So our word would be something like perseverance. So perseverance, we're gonna have a coach introduce that on Monday and give them a worksheet that just has a couple of questions on it, like what is an example of perseverance? How have the Union Redskins persevered? Give me an example of something that you see this week. Anything like that. And then the next day or Wednesday, the position coaches would get with the players and go over homework for about 10 to 15 minutes just to hold the kids accountable and to see what they've been doing and again this is 10 to 15 minutes so you take 5 minutes on monday 10 to 15 minutes on wednesday and you we've also had a had a powerpoint rolling in the locker room with the quotes from the topic so say again perseverance you've got a quote several quotes rolling throughout the lock, throughout the powerpoint in the locker room so it just reinforces what we're trying to teach them that week And then on Thursday, the original coach would dive deep into the topic and call on different position groups to answer. And this would usually take about 20 to 30 minutes, but tried to pick a theme of the week based on what we would need that week. So if we know we're playing a rival, then we need to come up with something that's really good. And so you just whatever theme that you think that you're going to need that week, that's the word that you're going to use. And I loved it. The kids really liked it a lot. You got to know a ton about your kids, just, again, using the word perseverance, how they persevered outside of uh, of ways that you would have never even heard of before. They would have never shared with with anybody just on a regular basis. But you get to know your kids. The guys in the position group get to know their guys. And so this is 20, 30, 40 minutes a week spread out. It's really not that much. But this was a priority at Union, and so all the programs did it, and they all did it a little bit differently, depending on you know whether you were the football team did it a little bit different than what we did at the baseball field, and so uh, it was it's just a great opportunity to get to know your kids, and it's just one word of the week. Another thing that I stole from there was to be a team captain, you had to submit a resume, just like you would if you were going to apply for a job. And so you'd submit a resume, and then you would interview with the coaches for the team captain position. So after you'd go through your interview, we gave the okay, and then you would present in front of the team as to why you should be a team captain. And so I think we're, for the most part, all in it to help our kids become better men and to be successful in whatever endeavor that they decide to do in life. And so this was a real life situation. If you wanted to be a team captain, if you wanted to be in a leadership role, submitting a resume, going in front of an interview, and then presenting your case in front of the team was a great way to do that. I loved that. They also did a leadership retreat every year with the seniors, and it's a huge school with a ton of different programs. And so they would do a leadership retreat with all of the seniors, and then they would have a theme for the year for all sports. And so it just brings them together, it brings together the the entire school and the entire program with the leaders that you have chosen in your sports. And so you'll start to see them go to go to all of the games, which was a problem at the school because we had about 5,000 kids. But every kid that came back from that loved it. So there were speakers, got them together for a weekend, and that was a lot of fun. Another great question to ask, especially your seniors, is what did it mean to be this? So like for our, your baseball team, what did it mean for you to be a Reedy Lion? Especially with us being a new school, this is our first senior class, and at Union it was, what did it mean to be a mule for the baseball team? That was our nickname, that was, it was kinda like the dirt bags with Long Beach State, where they just adapted something that, that was just not sexy at all, but just went to work, and so we adopted the mule. So what did it mean to be a mule? And you'd really be surprised by all of your answers. It's like, I didn't know it was gonna go by so fast. I didn't know how much I would miss it whenever I had to sit out with an injury. Don't not get extra work in. And so it really is a realization for the seniors giving that to the juniors, the sophomores and the freshmen. And it just shows you that it goes by so fast. We can say that as much as we want, but whenever they're hearing that from one of their peers, I think it's gonna sink in a little bit better. Another thing that uh, that I've picked up along the way is is Tim Corbin. He meets in the classroom before practices, goes into into some detail about it on what drives winning, and I'll link the video down in the show notes, but they meet every single day in the classroom for 20, 30 minutes, talk about this stuff, but also what they're going to do on the field. So I really like that idea, and I know not all of us have classrooms, but we can meet just for 10 or 15 minutes. And so on the show, we've had a couple of people share out what they do for leadership and team building, and a couple of good ones that I've really really liked, just accountability teams. So, whenever you group up your senior leaders with underclassmen, you compete with different aspects of literally everything. Hey, get a, get them together and go to lunch together. That's that's a couple of points. I know that Coach Cox at Paris does like a cell phone challenge well they do they do a challenge for several different things, but like a cell phone challenge, everybody in the group has to turn in their cell phone. Everybody that goes to a game together, take a picture, send it to me. So that not only helps with team building from seniors down, it helps them to get to know each other. And it helps you it helps the seniors to show what being a fill in the blank looks like or should look like and what the expectations are. Because again, we can say whatever we want until we're blue in the face, but if they see their peers doing it, then that's not only gonna help the environment that they're in, but it's gonna help build the culture over time. And you can go a lot of different directions like that, but if your leaders are teaching, then they must know the content pretty well, and we must be doing our job. So it helps that with that upperclassman, underclassmen, and it doesn't really create a divide. A couple of other examples that I really liked, uh, Eric Peterson's episode—he talks about battalion leaders, and it's it's very similar to some of the things that I mentioned earlier. But that's very good. Uh, Butch Chaffin talks about having standards versus rules, and I love that, and and I think that that's something that that I will forever steal. I love the idea of theme Thursdays and monologues before practice with Greg Brown at Nova Southeastern, and we may have something cooking in the next couple of weeks. But theme Thursday, so they would have. A couple of weeks ago, they did like WrestleMania. So on Thursday before their road trips, everybody dressed up in WrestleMania gear or 80s rock gear or the Masters Week. They're all in khaki shorts and polos. I love that. Westbrook's episode talked about even before practice and after practice cleaning groups with their competition teams. And so they, I think they split them up into two. You won literally every part of it. You won the cleaning, you won the warm up, you won all these different aspects at practice. And I really, really like that a lot. I think that anytime we can put competition on anything, it's going to just heighten awareness and get them to do better what we want them to do in the first place. A couple of ways that we can be better leaders as coaches. And uh as I'm wrapping this up, you know, I, I had to self reflect on this myself and and how can I be a better leader? Because again, and I used this example with with Diamond Hall earlier is You know, I I wanna be a a model to see. I want to model the behavior that I want my kids to do. A couple of ways that we can do that and a couple of things that, that I've written down over the years that I really like. And the first one, which is an extremely big pet peeve of mine, and I didn't even really notice it until I worked for Coach Fred, and he talked about how coaches talk all day. We text each other, we email, we call each other on the phone, but he did not want coaches at practice to group up he said that we on, we only have 2 hours to build relationships with the kids and that really really stuck with me because again we can talk before practice after practice during the day any time that we want but we've only got a set amount of time that we can build relationships with the kids so i love being able to you know just chat with them during while we're playing catch because it's it's more of a relaxed Environment, you know, obviously we want them to to play catch the right way and to look professional, but at the same time, it's a it's a way for us to get to know the kids a little bit better. And you know, ten to fifteen minutes out of our day to to do that before we before we really hit it at practice is a good time to do that. On the ABCA with Jake McKinley a couple weeks ago, he talked about how he uses an app to pick a new kid each day, and it's called the Out of the Hat app on an iPhone. And so he puts all of his players in it, and then it just randomizes and picks a different player every day. And so he goes up to that player every day and just, you know, hey, how you been? How's such and such? How's your girlfriend? Yada, yada. And I really like that. Another one that's really hard for me is being vulnerable. You know, and, and they talk about how the best leaders show some vulnerability because, It's generally seen as a weakness, but there's plenty of reasons to believe that vulnerability can be an asset for leaders because you think about it, you empathize with somebody who's vulnerable. And again, that's hard for me to do, but another podcast that I'm gonna mention later and it's Pastor Craig Groeschel's, and he talks about his opening statement every single week is, people would rather follow a leader who is always real than a leader who is always right. And so that stuck with me and that's something that if, if I've got a way to, connect with the with the player or empathize with them and it, it causes me to be a little bit vulnerable, then I wanna try and, and take that opportunity to do so. And another challenge that I want to give to you guys is try and touch each player every day. Whether it's a fist bump, an arm around him, we never know what the kid is going through that day. He may have failed a test, girlfriend may have broken up with him. Uh death and I mean it's just some awful things could have happened and they don't want to talk about. But just being able to to touch Fist bump, high five, and just show some way that you care. You could also ask them, you know, a couple of questions. I shared these out on Twitter a couple a couple weeks ago. You know, ask them how their day went, how many siblings they have, if you don't know, some of their favorite vacations they've been on, favorite type of food, what restaurant they like to go to, uh, their favorite class. Do they have any hidden talents, etc. But don't miss the power of that moment we remember, or if we don't remember, we need to, but we remember the power of a coach asking us specifically how our day went, or just something like that. Don't miss the power of that moment. And one of my favorite quotes on this specific topic and developing relationships with your players is from Dabo Sweeney, and he says that rules without relationships lead to rebellion. And that's always stuck out with me because I think it's if if the kids know that you're in it for them and you have a good relationship with them, you can get them to do just about anything that you want. It it can't be all lovey-dovey all the time. If they tow the line then, or if they, if they go over the line, then you obviously have to discipline them. But I do think that rules without relationships lead to rebellion. And I think the first step is us reaching out to try and get to know them. So a couple of resources for you guys before you go. You know, to be honest, most of our listeners, we have the leadership that we train in our programs. We can't gripe about it, but we need to be intentional about it. So here are a couple of resources that I found have found really, really good. And you're not limited to these, obviously. And, and if you guys have any, then I would love to hear them as well. But probably my favorite podcast to listen to regarding leadership is Pastor Craig Groeschel's Leadership Podcast. And even if you aren't spiritual, this is a fantastic resource that comes out the first Thursday of every month. It's 20 minutes long, he gives a ton of content, and it is really, really, really good. Another one that I recently discovered was Brian Kite. And I read Above the Line with Urban Meyer a couple of years ago and really enjoyed it, so I was familiar with E plus R equals O. But recently discovered, Brian, thanks to our good friend Joe Ferraro. Shout out to Joe if you're listening. Uh, and and Brian Kite is awesome. One of my favorite guys to follow and listen to on social media. They put out some podcasts sometimes every now and then, but follow him on social media and you'll get a lot of content from that. Another one is Brian Kane, and, and this is a very popular one. I mean, a, a lot of people are familiar with Brian and I've been using Brian's stuff for what seems like my entire career. And he's really good. Steven Mackey's another guy that within the last year I started following pretty closely. I love his two words program, which I spoke to earlier. A book called Above the Line, and I mentioned this with talking about Brian Kite, but it's a book from Urban Meyer. And Above the Line is essentially about focusing on living an above average life. So the line is average. To live above it means that you're doing what it takes to be great and living an intentional life. Below the line means you're on autopilot. So they actually use a red line at the edge of their practice field. And every day before practice, the rule is that if they cross that red line and they're not only running, they're prepared to give all they've got, or they get sent back to the locker room. So they look for body language, look on a guy's face, they turn around and then if, if they see some, something that they don't like body language wise, then they send them back to the locker room and they get to the try again. So I love that, I think that's a fantastic idea. And he said the defining characteristic of every championship is leadership. And he said the average leaders have quotes, good leaders have a plan, but exceptional leaders have a system. I really like that. I think you guys would really enjoy that. A lot of practical information with that book. Legacy is another good one. And it's it's in one of my top five all-time reads. And just go get it. Just go get it. You'll, you won't be sorry. You'll read it. You'll love it. And that's, that's one that's a no-brainer on my behalf. Joe Ehrman. And this, this was really one of the first books that changed how I coach. Joe Ehrman was a defensive tackle in the NFL. And when he got into coaching, he was a transactional coach and self-proclaimed but he turned into a transformational coach. And it's a great read, digs into the differences between the two. I know Matt Deggs talks about the differences between these two a lot as far as baseball goes, but this is the guy who really started it, wrote this book you know, several years ago, but it was one of the first books that, that really changed my thinking between the two. Here's another challenge for you guys, and this is a challenge for myself as well. What are we doing in our programs through baseball to train up the next generation of sons, brothers, husbands, fathers, future entrepreneurs, business leaders, and maybe, just maybe, coaches. So let me know at AOTC Podcast or email me at jgelnor7 at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show to help others find and stay ahead of the curve. Have a great week.